1: a run. It's only for the fans.
2: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
3: So you may have started noticing that there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable Tall Boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. That's liquiddeath.com.
1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm Steve Peretz, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher, Guys, this is the Everyone Sucks edition, so buckle in. It's going to be a fun one of this <laughs> today. Um, I don't really know how it's going to go. Our meeting before this even started was off the rails. Um, so let, let's see how everybody's feeling. Checking in with Sarah. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I mean, I guess I'm good and bad at the same time. I feel okay that the Packers will eventually get it together, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I had a good time watching the game on Sunday because – That sucked. Um, Let's just get that out of the way. It wasn't fun. Um, But I'm hopeful that not all hope is lost and that they can turn it around. But if they don't, I fear we're in for a long season.
4: Yeah, I'm good, man. Yeah, it's uh, like Sarah said. Not good, but also as Steve said, everyone sucks. There's in the NFC, there's only one team outside the NFC East that that has more than three wins, and that's the Vikings. Granted, leading the NFC North, but everyone's bad. Like no one's particularly good. Even the t- like the Vikings, I don't particularly buy. Uh, you know, it's, uh, the Giants still seem like like uh, that offense is super interesting, but it feels like they're held the other by just duct tape. So I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't know who's good. The Packers certainly haven't looked good, but like a win and it's like oh well hey guess what you're like leading the wild card chase once again uh so yeah it's uh I'd be curious to see what happens this week for sure cuz it's been disappointing but uh yeah i don't know i'm good man i'm riding the wave man football season woo <laughs>
1: <laughs> you seem you seem thoroughly excited dusty i am good yeah i thought i mean it sucked I, I mean i can't really disagree with anybody and i felt like there was a lot of the same energy on twitter talking calling for you know joe Barry. i Apparently, even some people were calling for Matt Lafleur to be fired, which is just ridiculous. Crazy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: like I, 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 can't believe that that actually. But that was pointed out to us on via Twitter that people were actually calling for Mike uh, Matt Lafleur's job. So I can't really believe that. Uh, but I feel like it was a little bit more justified, especially after a, a loss to the Jets. But we'll get a little more into that. Uh, but yeah, people were people are still big angry at the Packers, and and you know. Brian Gutekunst for not doing anything, not doing enough to get weapons around Aaron Rodgers—all the same talking points that you hear all, all off season. So uh, people be mad, but you know it's on to the next week, man. It's on to the next week, and I'm excited to uh, to watch some football again on Sunday. So guys, let's talk a little bit about the loss. You know what was a uh, what was your? <laughs> I know there's not any good takeaways from that game at all. Uh, but Dusty, what what did you see in the Jets game? Yeah, I mean,
4: uh, you know, obviously during the game it was ugly. I, I know Rogers was off and there was a lot of a lot of consternation around that. Um, I certainly was was, you know, partially in that camp as well. Um, I it, I have a hard time separating his play from uh, how his thumb because there's all the you know he injured his thumb the previous week in the Hail Mary and like he, the ball slipped out of his hand on that fumble. I don't think anyone hit him. He was just off, not just on the deep stuff. He was off on the deep stuff all, all like all season so far, but on the intermediate stuff where he was just absolutely nails so far this year, I think like the game before he was 72% completion percentage and, and, Like he could have, uh, and it was over expected. I think is he had, I think ten percent over expected completion rate in that area of the field the previous week. So like he suddenly got like super old and couldn't hit that area of the field this week. It's just the defense played that pretty well and took away the middle. And then his accuracy was off, I think, due to the thumb. So I'm curious to see what goes going forward. There was still, I mean, there's still some of those, you know, not to say if this play goes one way and this play goes the other way, then the Packers win this game. I mean, there's certainly some of that, but. He's still, there's a couple of those deep shots missing. The the one thing I'll say that's promising, again, I think the accuracy had something to do with this thumb it was also raining. In the past, you know, in the last in the couple of weeks leading up to this, they were missing some of those deep shots. Some of those, those slot fades that they loved to hit with Devontae off of guys running the wrong routes, right? guys breaking wrong, guys going inside instead of outside. He had two of them this week that he was off on. That he had been on, uh, it was just the, the receivers had kind of been running the wrong route. So it's kind of those little things there, like it was ugly. It still feels like they're close to clicking with the guys they have. Nice to have a little more speed. But yeah, wasn't pretty overall, but there was, I think, some some little positives that you can take from there. A couple of wrinkles they threw out there. So it was yeah, not pretty, but but as re like this this wasn't quite as bad as I kind of thought. But I don't know, maybe that's just me being optimistic.
2: I think the thing that bothered me the most was just how sloppy they played all around on offense, defense, and special teams. I mean, you mentioned that Rodgers looked a bit off, and who knows how much the thumb was affecting that. But he, like you mentioned, Dusty, was off on throws. There were guys, again, that just didn't look like they knew where they were supposed to be on certain plays on offense. The defense was missing tackles like crazy, just looked incredibly sloppy. I mean – Zach Wilson literally had a horrible game and somehow the Jets are still able to score points and drive down the field and make plays happen in bad weather with, sorry, not a, a great quarterback. And then special teams, we thought maybe the curse was broken and then they get a punt blocked return for a touchdown. And that just cannot happen. It's absolutely sloppy. Um, and that was the most frustrating part for me. Um Don't
1: forget the field goal getting blocked, too.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. It was just there were so many things that were sloppy that I'm forgetting. Thank you, Steve. Um, (laughs) But that's what annoyed and frustrated me the most is because you look at this team and on paper, yes, we knew that there were going to be growing pains. We knew that they were going to have to work through some things. But they should not be performing this poorly that they should definitely and we've seen moments first half against the giants is a great example of this recently where when this team can connect they look really good they look like the contenders that a lot of people including us thought they would be and i just hope that they can clean up some of that sloppiness because it's just ugly and they're going to continue to struggle especially as they hit this road game stretch here. You know, they're going to Buffalo in a couple weeks. That's already going to be a tough game. You add the sloppiness on top of that, could get even worse. So that was just the most frustrating thing for me. It was like you couldn't catch a break. It didn't matter who was on the field for the Packers. It wasn't going to be pretty on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it was uh, It was really, really freaking ugly. Um, no, Nothing else to say. I mean, I think you guys covered quite a bit. I mean, I was – they blocked a punt. That was kind of cool. Like the Packers actually blocked a punt when's the last time their special teams? So, you know, like there's some good things that a a good thing that came out of the game, I guess, maybe, I don't know, like the defense, the defense played a good first half, but probably where ended up being gassed and sloppy weather. And yeah, just a a horrible game against a team that I think is a little bit better than most people thought. Um, Same thing with the giants, that they're probably a little bit better than most people thought. So maybe don't chalk it up as just, you know, ugly losses, but, Losses to decent teams when the Packers aren't playing well. So that's going to happen in the NFL. If you're playing if you're playing poorly and you go up against a decent team, you're going to lose. Pretty simple. So guys, we got a couple of moves announced today. Uh the Packers have announced that they claimed offensive tackle Luke uh, Tanuda off of waivers from the Colts. Apparently is a huge dude. Like what was he, Dusty? Like six. six Six, eight, oh three, nineteen. Oh, my God. Okay. So they've got uh, the, uh, the right tackle of the future. They <laughs> yeah, have an
2: alien on their team now. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: Rodgers won't be able to see over him, but that's fine. We'll be okay. Um, and then they brought back uh, safety Innocent Gaines to the practice squad, released cornerback Benji Franklin and linebacker Ray Wilborn from the practice squad. So. I know everybody's really disappointed that Royce Newman wasn't cut, but um, Sarah, what do you think? Anything noteworthy of bringing in these these two additions?
2: No, I don't think anything particularly jumps off the page for me. You know, we've said it before, even just a couple weeks into the season, these are moves that the Packers are always going to make, especially, you know, they're – there are some issues I'd say right now on the offensive line. So they're going to try to just bring in people, work them out, see how it goes, try to keep practice competitive. But I don't really see this being, you know, any of these moves being major impact moves and uh, we'll go from there. But yeah, like we've said before, I wouldn't be surprised if next week when we record, we're saying, Oh, they released one of these guys and now they've signed another person to the, the practice squad. So we'll see how it goes.
4: Yeah, I'm intrigued by Tanuta just because he's large. I put put him and Caleb Jones next to each other and just, I don't know, see what happens. You know, like I said, Steve, maybe they don't throw to that side of the field. but That's okay because maybe you can maul some guys over there, too. So that's interesting. And Gaines was a guy. I know I am not alone. A lot lot of uh, a lot of people really liked him. And Then the Packers let him go. Injury designation waiver, I think, before the season. Uh, But he showed a lot of promise in this preseason. I think last preseason he showed some stuff. So I don't know. That's uh, a that's. that's kind of exciting. I, I, the guy that I know, I was rooting for. A lot of people were rooting for. So, like you said, who knows? Maybe we're talking about this. Maybe someone else before we record next week is talking about how he was cut. But uh, I like I like seeing him back in the building because I had I had high hopes for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with new blood at the offensive line. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's been pretty bad. So yeah, let's uh, let's try somebody else out. See if we can throw some spaghetti at a wall. See what sticks. And uh, go from there. So
2: Say your joke, Steve. I know you want to say it really bad.
1: <laughs> I was going like, to I was gonna be nice and let you do it, Sarah, and steal no. this one, too. No,
2: because, but see, that's what you say. You say you're going to let me be nice and do it. And then if I did it, you'd be, oh, again, you stole my line again on this show. Oh, and you'd yell at me. And I'm Nailed on high it. alert after getting yelled at about mispronouncing candy last week. So... <laughs>
1: That's the worst thing, worst example of me ever. I'm sorry, yeah. I couldn't tell who
4: was speaking. If I'd have the video, I would not know who was talking right there, Steve. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) I do enjoy the little, like, nailed it right in the the middle of the the fan. She's killing it. I wanted
4: to to tell her she was doing a great job.
1: I'm not telling the joke right now, it's not organic. Now it's just forced and it won't be as funny.
2: All right, well. Sorry well, for the see, listeners. Steve's see, holding that content.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah ruined it, guys. I'm really sorry. I had a great <laughs> joke about offensive line, and uh, and Sarah now has officially ruined it. So you you figured out a different way to piss me off this week. Sarah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really really good. So why I don't, why
2: don't
1: you go like ahead. you. Now go talk. Like oh, now Sarah gets to talk about McAfee. Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Pat McAfee this week. A lot of talk leading up to this episode about how Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to show up. People were saying the Packers stink. They're so bad. He's probably pissed about this loss. I doubt he even shows up. Nope, he was there right on time, 2 o'clock or 2.05, whatever time he he pops up there. And he says no matter what happens uh, the week before that he loves being on the show. So he's always going to be there. And I think we've seen the last few Seasons that no matter what's happening in the world or in Packers land, he makes that appearance. Um, You know, of course, they talked about the game. He said Jets have a lot of good players. They're well coached. They added good players in the draft and free agency. They had good schemes. And they threw a lot of twists at the Packers that they weren't prepared for it. Uh, Really, he said it was just a dud of of a game for Green Bay, and there's not a lot to take away from it. They just kind of have to put it to the, put it to rest and move on. Um, He did make a good point. You know, they, they talked about, you know, there's a lot of people that are doubting the Packers now after they said that, or they expected you to be contenders. He said, you know, all four teams that were considered quote unquote front runners in the NFC. And he said, you know, Bucks, Rams, 49ers, and the Packers are all three and three right now. So, and he doesn't think that any of those teams Green Bay included, are panicking. There's lots of football left. Clearly, if some of what he believes and many people believe are the best teams in uh, that division of the league, if they feel like they are in a good place and that they can turn around, that they will do just that. Um, He said, yes, we do have to play better in all three phases of the game, though. And that's when they jumped into the simple comments that were made on Sunday after the game. So to recap, if you haven't seen or heard about this already, um, one of the media members, you know, Aster and Rogers how, how they could solve some of the issues they're having on offense. He said, they just need to simplify it. They need to make it simpler. And then Matt LaFleur was like, I have no idea what that means or what he's talking about. So of course people reignited the narrative that they hate each other, that they don't get along all that. Aaron Rodgers said it has nothing to do with that, and what he meant was that it all comes down to execution. He said the, coach, the coaches work super hard to develop at times what can be really complex schemes and plans, and his, the point that he was trying to make was that if the team right now isn't at a place where they can achieve the more complex things or the more compact plays, that they just need to cover the basics first, And simplify the plays, make sure that the players, especially some of the new guys, understand what they're doing first and have a good foundation. And then they can expand the playbook a bit and jump into a bit more complex things. Um, And really, he said it comes down to details. They have guys that, you know, maybe all but one are understanding a play and they have the details, but one misses the details. And that's enough to blow up a whole play. Um, so at some point he said the accountability has to fall on the players to execute because the coaches have a good plan and what he feels like is a good plan every week and they're just not quite performing at the level they need to to win. Um, He also touched a little bit on what Steve had mentioned before that although they lost to the Jets and Giants that those two teams are pretty good teams this year and they're not the same teams that they have been the last few years. You know, he said we thought that we could beat them and that we had a plan to beat them, but it didn't work out. Um, he believes the whole league is getting better too. So there's been a lot of talk about how there's not as many points scored this year. Um, people said the NFL is getting boring. You know, He said there are more well-coached teams, there are better players, and there's a lot better Defensive schemes and things that are now coming out of this next age of football, this sort of fast paced, these fast paced offenses that have been tough to crack the past few years, people are starting to figure it out. And so defenses are playing better. Um, and he mentioned shell coverages and that teams are really tightening things up in the red zone. And that obviously reduces points. Um but despite all of that, he said, you know, I've, I've been in the league for 18 years, and whether you have a great win or an ugly loss, you have to put it in the rearview mirror and move on. Um, and McAfee asked him, you know, it's year 18. You You know, the last couple of weeks have probably underperformed for what your standard for yourself is. Do you still get pissed off at yourself and get really mad when you don't play as well? And Roger says he sees it more that like he expects greatness of himself all the time. And so when he doesn't meet that standard of greatness, he has to be really critical on himself because he knows what he's capable of doing. Um, Other than that, they touched a little bit on the thumb injury. He said, it's a little banked up, but that it's fine. He's actually feeling a bit better this week than last. And that's what Matt Lafleur said in one of his media availabilities as well. They asked, how do you fix Aaron Jones not getting enough touches? And Rodgers had a simple answer just get on the ball more. I think we all agree on that. Um, Mentioned he was squatting almost 425 pounds uh, yesterday, which is interesting. Good for him, I guess. Um, And they did bring up one of the final things they brought up was Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head and walking around on the field after the game wearing that. And he said, it's fine. It doesn't happen if we win, though. And he's absolutely right. You know, players aren't going to mock the team and aren't going to, you know, make a fool of them if the Packers are putting teams away as they should be. So he didn't seem to have an issue with it. And sorry to all of those who were expecting a book this week, but apparently the book club has been put on a bye week. So there is no book this week for the Aaron Rodgers book club and they suggest using this time if you're following along to catch up on the other books especially some of the longer ones before next week so that was McAfee for this week
1: what did you guys think of the sauce gardener with the cheese head
4: it doesn't really move the needle for me really I guess
2: yeah I mean it sucked when I saw it I was just like oh god that's that's not great but It also could have been worse. I feel like he could have been saying stuff. He could have been mocking fans and doing just really awful stuff. I mean, it was kind of harmless. He just put a cheese head on and trotted around the field for a little bit. And, you know, if I was him and I was as good and talented as he is and playing as well as he is right now as a rookie, I'd probably be doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, I I can't argue with it just because, I mean, think about it. What did Aaron Rodgers do in Chicago last year?
2: Yeah. And we all loved it. And
1: then yeah, exactly. (laughs) And everybody had a great time with that. I own you, I freaking own you. Yeah, I bleep and own you. Yeah. I've always owned you. Yeah. So if you have an issue with Sauce Garden or putting a cheese head on, but you love that, like you gotta take a little bit of perspective there. So all right, guys. Normally we look forward to this, but uh we always take a look at the Packers offense versus the defense they're playing this week. Uh and it's the commanders this week going on the road. And it's the one thing you're looking for. I mean, I've all but given up at this point. Like, I don't, I don't, I know, I know this is normally more for Dusty to tell the breakdown and have fun and tell us all what, what he's looking for. And I, I was learning a lot from that. And I think I looked for last game, like play a whole game. And now they, they didn't even play a quarter. So <laughs> I, I don't know, score some touchdowns. That Maybe that'd be good. A couple touchdowns, like three. Three would be awesome. I think that would be enough to, to beat the commanders. I'm looking for a couple of touchdowns on offense. That's that's what I got for you guys this week. I know that's riveting and exciting, but that's all I got this week. Sarah, what about you?
2: Listen, Steve, you're just following QB1's directions and you're keeping it simple. That's all you're doing this week. <laughs> so he would be happy with that answer. Um, for me, you know, mine's pretty simple as well. Uh, Rodgers sacked four times on Sunday, hit nine times, was absolutely getting beat up the entire game. Matt LaFleur the other day said, it really doesn't matter what we do schematically. If we don't block better, it's hard to do anything. I think that was the number one issue yesterday. So this was on Monday. And I agree. I've been saying... For weeks now, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, give it to Aaron Jones. But the Packers can't do that and can't be successful if they aren't blocking and they aren't protecting. And that was just atrocious on Sunday. So I'm really hoping that this week they turn that around. The offensive line looks a bit more comfortable and they're good to go. So that's what I'm be looking for. Hopefully, improved play on the offensive line. Would love to see some big gaps open up for Jones, Dylan and go from there but this is this is the week to correct before heading to buffalo
4: so i got a couple things uh one of them is so last week i pounded the table for josiah deguara and did not, did not look at his snaps but i don't think he got that many uh so let's let's put a hex on someone else shall we let's say um i'm looking forward to amari rogers i'm one of the last remaining people on the amari rogers bandwagon um now he's uh, i'm i'm Firmly, I, I think I'm one foot off of that bandwagon at this point. But Cobb's going to be missing, it looks like, in between two to four weeks. And he was kind of standing, not standing in Amari Rogers' way, because if Amari Rogers was playing well, I think he'd be saying, seeing the field. Uh, but we saw, he was on the field after the Cobb injury. He did some nice things. I think he had, only had one catch. But, I mean, he looked good when he was out there. He looked like he knew where he was supposed to be. He looked good on his route. Some of his misdirection stuff looked good. And so I'm curious to see if they use him more and kind of what his role is and how he performs. Because we haven't really – Seen him again. Some of that is who knows how much of that is how he's performing versus just Cobb as Roger's buddy. Maybe it's a little from column A, a little from column B, but I'm excited to see if they up his usage at all this week and kind of how he looks. Cause I've been one of the last remaining people that's like, I'm looking forward to this. So this week, I'm looking forward to this. Um, the other thing is this, this weird trend that I've been seeing that, that, uh, kind of curious to see if it carries over. So. It wasn't happening early in the season. I kind of talked about this a little bit, but the usage of, of man free or like cover one man coverage underneath against the Packers. So coming into the game, the Jets were playing, uh, man free on the season, about 22% of their snaps, which was 17th in the league. So slightly below average against the Packers, 38% of the time they, they went with man coverage. That would have been second in the league, just behind the Dolphins, just ahead of the Patriots. W- Washington right now is currently at 24, roughly 24 and a half percent. And man-free coverage, which is ninth in the league. I think if you add in their cover three stuff, which is like the other kind of single high look, they're roughly 50%. Jack Del Rio loves that stuff. So they're a high user of it anyway. I'm curious to see if they lean more into the man coverage. And that's been... To the larger point here, that's been one of the issues, I think, with the offense so far is that we've seen more of people saying, uh, you know, going back to McCarthy ball, certainly after after Roger's comments this past week, which is they want to go. He wants to go back to McCarthy ball and he wants to go, you know, uh, iso ball and, and static, no motion, all of that stuff. I think some of the reason we've been seeing this, and I actually even even talked about it, it's something I was looking forward to going to the Giants game, was these return to the deep shots. The Giants were a, a single high team. Uh, before they played the Packers, they leaned into it a little heavier against them, but that kind of opens up those edges, opens up those slot fades. It's like, I bet they're going to take their shots down the field, and they did. They just weren't hitting on them. And one of the things the Packers, that they're doing without Devontae Adams, they've got some receivers. You know, Dobbs has been open. I like Lazard. You know, Tunyon had a really nice game this past week. But they can't get off the line the way that Devonte Adams could, uh, and so you're seeing a lot more jams at the line, which then throws off the rhythm and timing. Some of these guys they get jammed to the line, and they don't get off the jam for like the five yards, and by that point they're driven so in f- so far inside they're taken off of their routes. And so it seems like teams are basically saying to the Packers, your guys can't beat our guys. And I'm curious if the if Washington does that as well, we're gonna just we're gonna have a single high safety. We're going to kind of load the box against the run. We're going to go man to man across the board and we're going to jam at the line and we're going to see if you can beat us. And so far, the Packers receivers have had a really hard time with that. So you can there's different ways you can beat that, you know, the condensed formation stacks and rubs and switch routes and all this stuff you can do to try to, like, get these guys free of this man coverage. Also, big crossing routes because you're running away from the guy. But really, a lot of it comes down to just beating the man across from you. And they've had issues doing that consistently. So I'm curious to see what Washington does if they go a lot of man coverage this game, and then how the Packers attack that. Are they going to still go a lot of those kind of, again, like, and The process I don't hate, those deep shots down the field, those slot fades against this look, that's what you want. That's how you want to attack. They haven't been hitting it. So are they going to still be running those even though they haven't been hitting it, just assuming that at some point they will, they're going to connect? Again, it's been the receivers were off from Rodgers, and last week Rodgers was off the receivers. Do we start seeing that click a little bit more? So just how the defense plays them, how they react just based on the trends we've seen. That's, that's kind of the big thing I'm looking for this week. All
1: right, Dusty, follow that up with your score prediction.
4: Okay, so I am, so, you know, they're probably a little more optimistic than others, um, but also like, keep saying, like, Packers 31, man, they're, they're having trouble breaking 20. Like, I have a hard time saying that, so I'm going to go, because the, the Washington, for all of their flaws, and I think they're starting Heineke this week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because Wentz is out with a broken th- finger. He had surgery yesterday. Um uh they have a good run defense. Pass defense is so so. Pass rush is fine, although pass rush looks better if your offensive line is garbage. Um but their run defense is solid, so they may have a hard time getting getting the run game going. They may have to go on the pass. Cobb isn't there. So I think low scoring, but based on the defense play last week, which was a little more in your face, I I kind of like I'm gonna take the Packers. But maybe they lose three in a row, but uh I don't I don't see it. I think they I think they I think Heineke's gonna give them two to three balls to pick off. Um, Granted, Zach Wilson did last week as well, well, and they didn't do it. But I'm going to go Packers 20 to 10.
2: And I'm going to take the Packers as well, to help me out if they drop three games in a row. Um, But I think it's going to be closer than I would like, than what people would think. I think there will still be some kinks they need to work out because I don't see everything improving in one week. But that they'll still pull away with the wind, so I'm gonna go Packers twenty one seventeen.
1: Got twenty one eighteen written down. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to it. Right there, so you guys can see Packers okay, I,
2: But we didn't discuss this before. No, we didn't. So no, we you didn't. Cannot I'm angry not mad at you cannot Just... get angry. So there you go. Okay.
1: I'm not no, Sarah, I'm not angry
2: uh uh-huh. you know. all right. just
1: disappointed <laughs> 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 all oh, right guys God. it's uh time for some questions so he reached out to everybody on twitter we got some questions first we have and, and there we go why on earth are are we throwing swing passes to aj dillon and not aaron jones why is royce newman even on the team i'm not panicking yet but jeesh. This was brutal to watch. Is a is Savage officially <laughs> overrated by fans? And this comes from uh, uh this comes from Fat Boy. So thank you, Fat Boy, for all the questions. Uh, I mean, Dusty, let's 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 start with you. Why are they throwing swing passes to AJ Dillon? I mean, at some point you have to. I mean,
4: it's it's the kind of structure of the offense, especially they do some of that two back stuff or you know anything else. Like it's not like you have one guy doing one, one role. Um, I prefer swing passes to AJ Dillon as opposed to flat routes to AJ Dillon because he, he get up field with the with the head of steam. I'm perfectly fine with that. I have zero issue with that. But yeah, you, you're not just going to take one guy and say you're the guy that does this and you're the guy that does this because soon defenses start to figure that out and they and they're like, well, he's not going to run this route, so we can get rid of that when we can play defense this way. So yeah, I don't. I mean, I I might be wrong here. I don't think it's happening on the regular, but once twice a game or something like that, that seems fine.
1: All right, Dusty, thanks for that. Uh, Sarah, next question is for you. Why is Royce Newman
3: even on this team? I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors, Personally, I love the lime and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled liquid death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get liquid death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
2: It's a good question. Um, you know, Royce Newman, I know a lot of people are unhappy. He hasn't played up to the standard that many of us have, but... I think in the past, there's been promise there. They see potential and they're they're trying to just exhaust all of their options and, and make sure it works. So I don't see them parting ways abruptly. I think we'll slowly see it maybe phased out. He won't play as much. Snaps will be limited. And then it might become a bit more realistic there. Um, I know that they said they're not panicking yet. And I agree. I think. You know, now's the time to look and say, okay, maybe he's not the guy. How can we fix it versus just absolutely breaking down and saying, our our line sucks. What are we going to do? Um, but, yeah, I agree. It was pretty brutal to watch.
1: And Dusty, this last one is, uh, for you, is Savage officially overrated by the fans? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: man. um, No, like, what fans? Like, man, like... I, who even I know likes Savage? <laughs> who likes Savage? We talked about this beforehand. Who likes Savage? I'm high on Savage, but I like him fine. Like, here's the thing, and this is what this is what we kind of talked about ahead of time. I think I think probably what it what it somewhat stems from. The thing is, I didn't see it before this offseason. Before the last two offseasons was Savage is going to be the guy. He's got all the athleticism. He's flashed. This is the year. This is the year. I didn't, I don't know that I saw those before this year and maybe i'm living in a weird little bubble i've not seen anyone saying that savage is a like even a like a good or above average player he's a guy who can do some things sometimes so i think from what i've seen likely properly rated i assume some people are like very low on him just because you see the bad plays like this guy sucks he doesn't suck he's he's not great he's fine He, I'd like him to be better. He probably is who he is at this point, but I don't know that there's anyone out there saying right now, Savage is a great player. If there is, I, I certainly have not seen them. So, uh, so no, I don't, I, I don't think, I guess here's where I land. I don't think that the Packers fan base is overrating Savage. I think it depends on like how you rate him may depend on your expectations for him. If you expect him to be great and he's not great. And then maybe you think other people think he's great. Like maybe that's overrating, but I think it's it's due to probably the expectations you had or hope for him coming into the last year or two, of you I guess.
1: Uh, next question. We all know that the Packers don't do, quote, big trades at the trade deadline, but they need, really need one this year if they want to just try and contend. My question is this, is there a reason fans should be optimistic about Goody being more than just, quote, in the conversation this year? Uh, Sarah is one of the weeks that I think people wish they could see both of your faces to that question with the cringe look that you just had. So I think, yeah, Sarah, go ahead. Just take this one. One word answer, please. No, <laughs> <laughs> correct. That is the correct answer. Yes. All right. Uh, let's move on. Next question. <laughs> uh, guys, I think I officially, uh, scarred Ama because, uh, he did ask a question this week, but I feel like he was a little, he's a little afraid to ask it. He goes, "What can I do? What can I ask?" I'm shooketh, but I have faith. Royce, uh, Royce must be benched. So, do you agree with him, Dusty? That Royce must be benched.
4: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last week as well. I mean, I think that right side of line, both both Newman and, you know, Jenkins has been looked really good in the run game. He's looked terrible in pass protection. And some of that, like, which side – I know there was a clip floating around Twitter yesterday that was, Royce Newman went the wrong way and everyone went this way. But then I was looking at the clip going, that looks like maybe that's Elton Jenkins' fault. Because it looked like they're trying to, like, drive down a double team for an inside zone block. And he goes that way. But Jenkins kicks way out. And so a guy comes in on block through the hole one of the reasons I don't really like evaluate offensive line play is because I don't know what they're supposed to be doing in a given play that depends on the calls one of the hardest things to look at but I think he should be like again we don't know what's going on in the building all of that I would like to see Jenkins move back into guard and I would like to see Yash Nyman uh, on right tackle. someone asked me that I think yesterday or a couple days ago well then what happens when Bakhtiari might need to be spelled what do you do with Yash? I don't know. Who cares? Figure something out at that point. Because if you're holding a guy who's a potentially starting right tackle out because your left tackle might need to be spelled occasionally, like you're, then you're removing a guy from the game that can help you on the right side simply because maybe sometimes he needs to help on the left. If, if Bakhtiar needs to be spelled on the left, put someone else over there. Like You can figure that out for spells. But if Josh Naiman is a better option at right tackle than, than Jenkins, and we know Jenkins is a better option at guard than Newman – I mean, that's, that's what I would do. But again, we don't know how Nyman looks at right tackle, but yeah, I, I think, I think, well, and the Hanson started and Hansen looked fine. Not great. And then like he tore his pack or something. He's out for the year. So like, they didn't want to start Newman in this game, but they had to play him because Hansen got injured. So that would, that's what, that would be my hope is bump Jenkins in. That's his more natural position right now. And then figure out right tackle, hopefully with Nyman or I don't know, Tanuta, let's, let's see what the big mauler Tanuta can do. Just throw him out there, throw him to the wolves. Let's go. Let's go.
1: All right, Dusty, next one is very much specifically for you. Jeremy wants to know, will there be more uh, two-back sets and screens for the running backs, tight ends, wide receivers? Probably not. Probably probably not the two-back stuff just because they've been dialing it back. I mean, well,
4: they had, I think, over like the last – the first four games, they were 11 to 13 snaps a game in that pony package with the two running backs two weeks ago they were at three snaps and this past week they were at five and it's simply because it was not working they could not they get to get the stuff to work the pony stuff over the first four weeks when they were really trying to lean into it was getting i don't know 3.5 yards per attempt whether that was run or pass like real bad real bad they they could not figure out how to get it to work i think part of that was offensive line so yeah no i don't i i until they can figure it out I don't think they will. It's one of those things. I kind of hope they would figure out. They've not, so I I just do not see it happening. Um, like the wide receiver throwback screen stuff, I could see. Uh, and that's that's a Deguara thing. If Deguara gets on the field more, I think they can they can be a little more dynamic with some of that stuff. Uh, but I was hoping for that this past week and I didn't see it. So I'm at the moment I am not uh, optimistic, even though I hope kind of some more of the the Jones Deguara package uh, makes its way because you can do a lot of stuff with that. I think.
1: Uh, Next question we've got from Scottish Packers fan. Uh, If the Packers players and coaching staff were heroes slash villains from comic books and movies, who would they be and why? So uh, I'll get my answer out of the way so you guys can just like nerd out pretty hard because this is much more of your alley than mine. Like I like Marvel stuff, but you guys like, yeah, that's you guys. So, um my answer my i could only come up i only came up with a hero that kind of worked in my head was kenny clark as the hulk just because like he's quiet but he's just a brick shit house and he could just mess stuff up so yeah i think that's a pretty a pretty good uh comparison and i couldn't come up with a villain so um dusty let's have you start oh i know you've been talking a lot sarah you go first
2: Yeah, I actually only came up with a hero too, Um, and it would be for Aaron Rodgers, and I said that he would be Dr. Strange for a few reasons. So I think if you look at the practical side of things, he's very into meditation, spells that Dr. Strange does, all that sort of lines up with his personality. And then also, you know, he's been known to be a little arrogant. People say he's kind of a know-it-all. He likes to be the leader in the room. Well, Dr. Strange possesses some of those characteristics too. So thought they matched up, especially Rogers has kind of grown out the hair a little bit. Maybe he's going to slick it back. He has the beard. He just put a cape on. He's good to go. <laughs> Dr. Strange.
1: Yeah. Aaron Rogers, if you are listening to the podcast, which we know that he's a pretty big fan, um, that can be his Halloween costume this year.
2: There you go. He did say on Pat McAfee today that he wasn't sure how he could top last year's. There you go. Just become Doctor Strange. You can open a portal into a better season, and hopefully, the Packers. <laughs> just, what they need.
1: Oh my British god! Yes. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in. Just push it. your glasses up while saying that next time, sir. Trying <laughs> I, I will go, so villain, again,
4: it's tough to think of a villain on this team, but I, I went I went pretty basic with it. I went, uh, Rashawn Gary is Bane, because that's kind of Rashawn Gary's thing, uh, and he has been, he's kind of been that kind of j- just absolute monster off the edge, so I can still see, I can see a little bit of that Bane this year, so I'll go, uh, you know, obviously not a villain for the Packers, but for other teams, absolutely, absolutely villain. Uh, for heroes? Did not not comic books or movies, so he gave two very specific things, and I decided not to go with either of those. Uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones as Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. If you've not seen Twin Peaks, Dale Cooper, uh, you know the main guy, the detective, blah, 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 blah. Just a pure human being, just nice and awesome and curious and just lovely to every person he meets. And that's how Aaron Jones seems to me, just a nice and kind human being who's also very good at his job. So I'll go Aaron Jones, Dale Cooper, Twin Peaks.
1: uh how very dusty of you to you know take the question and not answer it and just answer your own question i really like that, and that about <laughs> yeah, you. i don't
4: like yours i like my question better i'm gonna do that it's a that's presidential kind of thing. debate thing that i've got steve that's what, that's what i'm that's what i'm working on i don't like the thing you asked but there's a nugget there i like so i'll take that and then i'll answer the question i will ask of myself uh
1: cory Mansky wants to know Uh, Here is mine. If that's a big if we enjoy a big win against Washington, it doesn't really answer our questions about our team, does it? Um, I'm going to say me. We'll see. We'll see. Probably not. But I know uh, I know Dusty had an answer lined up for this one. So what do you got there, bud?
4: Yeah, I think it depends how they win. I mean, if they if they squeak out an ugly win and Washington doesn't look particularly good and the Packers just make a few more plays, like, yeah, that probably not. Um, we could, it's kind of the same thing. But, again, like, I still am, I am more optimistic than others about the state of the offense. And I am very much of the mind, as I said earlier, that if a few of these things get on the same page that I feel like they're close to clicking – it suddenly looks a lot better. And if Washington trots out this this single high, and I know they don't have some of the, the defenders, they don't have like a, like a sauce gardener on on that side of the ball, which is fine. But if they trot out that single high and they're hitting on the slot fades and they got guys beat, like winning at the line against press, like maybe that's not saying they can do that against every team, but at least shows the ability to do it when they've not shown ability to consistently do that so far. So right now, get teams out of man and the way you do that you beat them at the line you beat them down the field you hit some of those explosives and they just haven't done that so if they are hitting if they're clicking on some of those they're more consistent with those hitting the guys out of the brakes not wrong routes run multiple times a game things like that i will feel better about them going forward and on the other side of the defense plays like they did last week for the majority of the game where they're in their face jair is breaking up passes i mean garrett wilson is a, a very good rookie I don't know that he caught a ball on uh, on Jair Alexander. Breaking up passes, talking afterwards. If they're playing in your face, if they're playing aggressive like they did the first three quarters, and they do that for a whole game or at least you know the vast majority of the game and we've not seen those breakdowns we were seeing before – Like if we see those things, I feel better about this team because it's those things that I think there's just small little issues that they're really close to fixing. And if they do that and show an ability to do that consistently, again, maybe they can't do that every week. But if they prove they can do that this week and those are the issues that are plaguing them so far, I I think I would certainly have a much better feeling about them going forward that, okay – they at least have shown the ability to do this. Let's show it again next week. But so far they just, they haven't shown that. So I just, I think that's, that's where I sit out at the, but, but you know, those things would have to go right. If it's, you know, a 13 to 10 sloppy sloppy game. No, it doesn't tell us anything extra.
2: Yeah. I think the Packers have to just absolutely beat up the commanders for us to say, okay, we learned something, but they go out, you know, like our prediction win 21, 17, 21, 18, whatever it is. Um, I'm not sure how much we'll take away. But if they look like a completely different team, it's night and day and a week, and, you know, they say, Sarah, you shouldn't be on a podcast, you're stupid and wrong about this team, then, okay, maybe we'll learn something.
1: Hey, you've been reading those Cheesehead TV comments too much, Sarah. I hey,
2: know I don't write for Cheesehead right now. So I've actually – there's been a lot of positivity in my life again. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay. Next question. Jane wants to know, uh, what Packers position needs an in season edition the most and who would you reasonably target? So Dusty, I know you've got, I know you got somebody on your mind. Why don't you tell the people who you want in green and chase gold It's
4: Claypool season, baby chase Claypool oh season. He's the name he's out there. Who knows if it happens? Guess what? Probably won't. Cause I answered this question earlier with a simple, no, that's probably not going to happen, but they do need a little extra speed. They liked him in the pre-draft process. Uh, and with with Watson, who knows how long he's going to be down? I mean, there's talks of possibly putting him on the IR to rest that hamstring for you know a few more weeks before he's back in. With Dobbs is like the lone deep threat that could use a little more speed in there. I don't know if Kylan Hill's quite ready yet. Listen, man, I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, I, before the <laughs> before the show, I think before even Sarah even joined, I said to Steve like, "Man, throw a sixth their way," and then I immediately was talked down to. Let's just go ahead and do a third, who cares, get Chase Claypool on the team. So that's my guy, man. Receivers, baby, let's go.
1: Like the third-round picks are are trash anyway. Just give it away. Like every single year, just trade the third-round draft pick for somebody.
4: Yeah, we're going to waste it anyway. Just give it for Chase Claypool, who we know can do things. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm sitting. It will not happen, but that's the guy that I, along with most of uh, the Packers fans, are talking themselves into at the moment.
1: Sarah, you got a guy?
2: No, it's not going to happen. What, this is – I don't get my hopes up because what what's it, it – not to go back to being a nerd about superhero movies, but in the last Spider-Man, they were like, if you can't be disappointed or you can't be like sad if you expect disappointment. I can't remember what the exact quote is. That's how I feel about the Packers when they go after players like this. Put like,
4: put another way, Sarah. It's the hope that kills you, right?
2: Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, But – no, yeah, sure. It would be nice to have a, a a veteran wide receiver, an elite wide receiver in the mix. Do I think it's gonna happen? Absolutely not. This is this is the team. This is who the Packers are. When they sign, you know, a wide receiver to the practice squad, <laughs> you're just gonna have to deal with it. That you're a Green Bay Packers fan. This is what they do. <laughs>
1: Travis Freifogel. Travis Freifogel. <laughs> U D F A. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're that's what you should expect. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure who they should target. Let's, let's get crazy. Let's get Christian McCaffrey. You know, the pony package isn't working, what? so <laughs> screw that. Let's make it three running backs on the field at the same time. We'll call it the Horseman, and somehow that'll fix everything.
4: The Packers can't even
2: get the two running backs they have enough touches. Now you're going to go throw a third one in there, too? The
4: Giants have been doing some of that stuff with, like, three or four running backs at the same time, and it's been fascinating to watch. So, yeah, let's go, Steve. Let's go. Let's get crazy, man. Let's Steve have, have is
2: rooting fun. for chaos. That's all he Yeah, want. I mean,
1: yeah. It's, it's like the dog chasing the car. Like, I don't know what to do if I catch it.
2: He's like, who says no? Who says no to Christian McCaffrey? Nobody's going to say no. No. <laughs> yeah i know,
4: Spot I know. on with the impressions tonight sarah just killing
2: it
1: <laughs> son of a bitch uh um but i mean yeah like they can't get enough touches for aaron jones and and a.j dylan so let's throw in christian mccaffrey and just split it three ways it'll be i
5: like it
1: We, we'll, as i said we'll call him the horseman the three horsemen i think that'll work it's a, already got a cool nickname so i think we should do it um all right next question I hope I'm not too late. This one's from John. Um, what which coach leaving their position do you think is a bigger reason for the Packers' struggles this year? Stanovich leaving the offensive line or Hackett leaving for the Broncos? Um Sarah, I'll start with you.
2: Broncos country. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nailed, Nailed it. it. Nice. Killing nice. it, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sarah's on oh, fire tonight. God, I can't stand Russell <laughs> the, Wilson. He needs to the be stopped. Saddest,
1: the saddest less ride you've ever heard in your life.
2: <laughs> Anyways, uh, first of all, I love this question. I think this is a good question. And while I love Hackett, and I know he hasn't had the easiest time um, in Denver, I, I think hopefully he'll figure it out. But for the Packers, I think Stenovich is, is really where they're struggling right now and in his absence and what's there. I mean, it's kind of been my theme of this episode that I'm not happy with the offensive line. They stink right now. They don't look good. Sunday, ugly. And I hope it gets better, but I just have to think that his discipline there and that – room and with that position group really allowed them to excel i mean when you think of the packers you think of their offensive line and they've been historically good and really excellent in that area and they've always done a good job protecting aaron Rodgers. and they seem to be straying away from that a little bit while hackett obviously brought a lot to the offense i think he was a great personality too clearly a lot of the players, including Rodgers, Lazard, had good relationships with him. But it seems like, despite the offense looking a little bit lackluster at times, that they still have that spirit, and they still have that belief, and they have fun. You know, we've seen it with some of the celebrations, that, and they enjoy each other. And really, I think that stems from the foundation that Hackett helped build, um, and they're building off of it, where with Stenovich in the offensive line, they're just kind of look like a mess and they look a little lost without him and his his direction there
4: yeah i think it probably is Deno. but for the sake of being different i'm going to say hack it um there is i mean i've mentioned it today i mentioned it last week i mean it's you think of the offense and it's that's the floor's baby right i mean he he uh he calls the plays and and all of that stuff he's kind of the architect behind that stuff but a lot of those details are are handled by offensive coordinator, not just like personnel packages and kind of putting those guys in or even in game adjustments, but making sure that everyone's on the same page with some of those little details. And again, some of that stuff's off. Some of their core stuff that they run, they're running two guys in the same area. We saw it this week. With uh, we had like this, this little clear out thing they like to do against man coverage uh, and something that has worked for them in the past where they have a bunch and the two guys up front, one guy runs like a clear out, basically just trying to drag bodies with him up. The other guy runs like a dig kind of over again to kind of take some of those guys out. And the guy underneath runs a drag. So you're kind of you're basically pushing everyone out of the way and running a drag underneath. Simple. They've run it a bunch of times against man. You pick up, you throw that ball like two yards down the field. You pick up 10. You see it all the time. They're running two guys in the drag. There's no space on that. Like, and it's that stuff. You've got stuff on their play action dig there, that strike concept where they got, instead of one guy running a deep route, they're running against each other on the same plane. So Rogers gets out of play action and looks up and there's two guys running in the middle and dragging four defenders with them. There's nowhere to go with the ball and you got to buy time. Like those little details... Are happening multiple times a game, and again, not to put that all on Stenovic and not to put it all on the floor, but that's stuff that an offensive coordinator typically handles. Those little details, you're looking at that stuff, and they've just been off enough on that stuff that I think Hackett, like beyond the personality, beyond that stuff, which I which I do think helps them, is like a, they're just off on those details in a way that they were not last year. So I think Hackett uh, Hackett helps clean some of that stuff up and makes the uh, the passing game at the very least look look much cleaner than it's looked so far this year.
1: All right, we got one more question. Um, this one's from Dave. What three things would you change to uh, change/slash do to turn the Packers around without changing the current roster? And for a food question, what game snack do you turn to when the Packers are playing like they did against the Jets? So, Sarah, how would you make this team better?
2: My God! First of all, I, my Bluetooth headphones just scared living hell out of me because they just screamed at me that the battery was low in the middle of that. And I, it was a woman's voice talking and that's never happened. And I thought something was going terribly wrong, but anyways, i um, happy to answer this question. Um, what three things would I change to turn the Packers around? Um, I think the first one is just cleaning up some of the details. So taking a page right out of Aaron Rodgers' book on Pat McAfee on Tuesday, um, The second would be to tackle better on defense. Once again, the Packers are missing tackles, and it's disgusting, and it's frustrating the hell out of me. And then the third would be to run the ball more. Um, So those things do not require changing the roster. That's what I would do. And what game snap do I turn to when the Packers are playing like they did against the Jets? I don't really eat anything different when I'm sad. I, I typically have my same go-to, you know, it might be wings lately, uh, like for any of the noon games or one o'clock wide time, I've been doing like a cheese and meat plate with some grapes, crackers. So that's always good too. So I'll just stick with my usual.
4: Yeah. My three things. that yeah, Make them play better. Uh, number one, make them play better. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Get, get the, like, just it, at, at the risk of echoing, uh, you know, Roger's stuff, probably it is, it is somewhat simplifying. I mean, I've, I've mentioned before, They have been in a state, and I think they're cleaning that up a little bit, but they've been in a state so far this year where they are trying out a bunch of new things, kind of see what works, some different concepts we haven't seen, some different combinations we haven't seen, different groupings we haven't seen, just to try to get something to work in this post-Devante world, Um, and we've seen that even out a little bit, and so lean on the stuff that works. If you know they're going to play man against you, if you assume they're going to play man the bulk of the time against you cook up some more man concepts. And again, some of that stuff they're doing and they're taking their shots and they just aren't there, but you know, bring mesh back a little more of the, con- a little less of the spread, a little more of the condensed formations and, and rubs. And so the, some of that more of the, the cleaning up some of the game planning aspect of that, not that they haven't been doing that, but maybe lean into that a little heavier than they have been. So that be one. The other one, um, it'd be kind of on the defensive side. Just don't be afraid to make, make mistakes at full speed. Um, that's been, you know, their communication had been an issue. Uh, it was much better this past week, although in the fourth quarter, they did still have some of those communication issues and gave up. Uh, not just the, you know, those big runs that were more the missing tackles, but a couple of passes that would just pass off stuff that just wasn't there. Uh, and guys playing tentative in that fourth quarter that we hadn't seen so far. So get up, get up and faces, man, play to your strengths uh, and don't be afraid to make mistakes at full speed. And then for three, I don't know, just keep bombing away, man. Just, I mean, even if it's not there, even if it's not there just keep bombing away cuz i think eventually it's going to be there i know A- aaron rodgers average depth of target over the first four weeks was like 4 yards which is incredibly low and it's been bumped up to 9 over the last 3 and it has been working but just just keep doing it uh, because eventually that's going to be there so i don't know if that's improving but that's just just keep bombing baby and some at some point those are going to fall and then yeah kind of same as say our game snack um i see what i eat i drink what i drink um i don't i don't particularly get sad and like well i'm going to eat this now i just eat whatever's there. We did, we went out this past week and ate wings and they tasted just the, they, they said just good, even if, uh, whether they're winning or losing. So just keep doing that, I guess. Uh,
1: let's see a score more points. B allow less points. Uh, and C tell Aaron Rodgers to do something else with his haircut. Cause I'm tired of seeing those f- things flip out the back of his, his hat. He just looks dumb. So, you know, put a bun in, do something, man, just fix that uh everything everything'll go there go go smoothly from there and food yeah I much like the same like you guys I didn't like I don't do depression eating <laughs> like I'm super sad so I eat a certain food now you know um so yeah we just did uh actually that was after that game like the kids and I did had some steaks uh cooked up a whole bunch of bacon cuz my daughter's a bacon fiend so I air fried a bunch of bacon and so we had some bacon mashed potatoes and cauliflower yeah it was a really good meal so um Overall, yeah, outside of the loss, it was a good Sunday. So, uh, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, as always, for all those questions. It's a lot of fun to always kind of get the pulse of uh, Packers Twitter and see what they they want to hear and hear us talk about. So, appreciate that, as always. Um, but, guys, let's kind of wrap this thing up and put a bow on it. Sarah, what's your uh, final thoughts?
2: Yeah, so a couple. First of all, be on the lookout next week for a special episode from us because – we will be recording video next week. So Andy, mm-hmm. our fearless pod father, is going to be out of town. As you know, he has his daily YouTube video. And since he's going to be on vacation, he's asked us to... Use our episode as the YouTube video. And so you'll be able to finally see the crazy reactions and faces that we make at each other. You know, we've said it before and we'll say it again that it's always absolutely hilarious, some of the reactions that occurred during the hour or so that we record. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, you can watch and, and listen next week. Um, and then the other is I'm going to go to the Colts Titans game this weekend. I'm taking a vacation myself to Nashville. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but maybe it'll make me feel better about the Packers because neither of those teams have played super well this year either.
4: Yeah, to familiarize a couple things, um, I guess before I even get to my writing stuff, um, I'll just say there was, there was some. Some uh, comments I know from Sala after the game came. I don't, I had him up in front of me and then I closed it because I'm I'm a dumb person. And it was something like, um, you know, we just knew body blow after body blow. If we keep, if we drug the Packers down to deeper water, we knew eventually they'd find they couldn't swim. And it was this, oh, listen to what Robert Sala is saying and echoed what a lot of people were saying after the game. The Packers have no heart. He knows this about this team. This team has no heart. I hate that stuff. I hate that stuff. It's narrative. There's nothing. There's nothing I've seen so far on this team that suggests that there's no heart on this team. They've, you know, they've not been playing well. That always seems like a narrative driven thing based on wins or losses. There's not a whole lot I can really point to that says they don't have any heart. Again, Jair's talking all game, man. Like they're still, they, they missed some tackles down the stretch and that stinks, but they were missing way more than that. Over the first like six games or the first five games or whatever, they're going for it on fourth and fourteen as opposed to like punning from the forty yard line or or whatever it was. Like they still are. It's it's not working. This is all I'll say, I guess, because I don't want to go too far down this path. Just because things are not working for them, and just because they lost two games in a row, and maybe you don't like the fact that Rogers is not like yelling at people on the sideline. That doesn't mean that the team has no heart. Sometimes you lose because you lose. They didn't play well enough. If they hit a couple of these those deep shots and they win, this same exact game, the a narrative afterwards is not, they have no heart. Like that's that's not the way this works. It's, it's usually wins or loss na- driven. So try not to get too far down the road of, this team has no heart, they can't battle back. Because we've seen them battle back. We saw them recently as this year battle back in games. Like, I, I don't know. Again, I don't want to get into it. Just, it's a narrative I've been seeing. And it's just... That's it's always wins or losses. You can't really say if they win this week and they win big this week, suddenly it's, well, they've got hard again. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. So for our writing this week, uh, yesterday over in Packer Report, I wrote about the mesh concept, which is they went for it on fourth and two. And that was kind of a bombs away to Romeo Dobbs. No, no, hero ball, blah, 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 blah. And so I wrote about kind of the progression of that, the the history of that concept, what the progression is and and that vertical route specifically and how that's the one and and basically how you read off of that. And so that's a Packer Report now on Chief TV today. I kind of dive into the passing game overall, uh, how they didn't attack the middle, why they didn't attack the middle. And then I dig into a couple of plays I really like. There's like a fake bubble that they end up getting a penalty off of that Lazard dropped, but they still picked up off a penalty, but a really cool look. I always love when they trotted out. And then the touchdown Lazard I covered as well. And then I, some point today tomorrow who knows i'm writing up about rpos over on uh over on my sub stacks that's dustyuv.substack.com i'm writing up about their rpos which was real bad this week they had some cool looks but overall the numbers were not good um so yeah that's um that's my week even even in losses man even in losses there's fun stuff and interesting stuff to look into so listen man it, it sucks they lost but i'm i'm having a
1: blast Um, I would say, you know, guys, I've been, I've been big about talking about, you know, mental health and, and what's going on. So I know even for me back in the day, like a Packer, one Packers loss would, would really mess with me. Um, so two in a row, I know it's tough, tough pill to swallow, but you know, take a deep breath, like take a step back. And, um, if you need as always, like we've talked about, just to, to vent, talk about something else going on in your life. Our DMs are always open, and I'm definitely open to talking to anybody. So, uh, feel free to do that. Remember our uh, our Twitter handles: at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Callher, four at Steve Perhatch and at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Um, We'll be back next week, hopefully, fingers crossed, talking about a Packers win over the Commanders. Uh, I think it might be a very depressing show if that does not happen, so let's all cross our fingers, knock on wood, do whatever you do, rub a lucky rabbit's foot, whatever it is. But um, hopefully we'll be back talking about a Packers victory. Um, But, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. And, as always, Go Pack Go!